Welcome back to another episode of the Max Term Podcast. Kyle Stitch here alongside James Finch. And today we're going to look at the LA Kings situation a little bit as it relates to our contract projections. Those contract projections are at AFP Analytics on X, formerly Twitter. Pin rate to the top. Can't miss them. Uh, we've been active with them trying to trying to put out what we got. And the Kings are in I'll just say interesting situation. Uh, so we appreciate you listening to this podcast. We're available on all major platforms. Give us a kind of follow there on any of those platforms. Follow on uh, X at AFP Analytics. Our personal accounts can be there. Any questions, anything you ha- uh, want clarification, feel free to let us know. So the LA Kings don't have a ton of big names but they have big names uh, who are going to need new contracts this offseason. I guess I should say they don't have a ton of players, but they have big-name players that need contracts this offseason. So right now we have contract projections for Quentin Byfield. We have a long-term and a short-term projection. It's kind of how we do our restricted free agents. Matt Roy, Arthur Kaliev, Blake Lazat, Jordan Spence, Cam Talbot. So we... You might, if you're a Kings observer fan listening, you might realize Victor Arvison is not included in that. He's been injured too much this, missed too many games this season, but when we were kind of putting together these projections that we want a level of sample size for this season. So he he wasn't included. We might include him eventually as he starts to play enough games to kind of get a sense of where his standing would be, make sure he's back fully healthy. Arthur. Also doesn't include Phoenix Copley, who also is is dealing with a long-term injury, unfortunately. And then David Riddich, who just came up, who's been up, I guess I shouldn't say just came up, but who's been up for Copley. So basically the guys that have much limited, much more limited sample are not included in these projections. So I think we need to start at the top with Quentin Byfield. Yeah, so this one is honestly a fun one because I think... L.A. is finally, I shouldn't say finally because it's still very early in his career, but this year seems to be where we're really seeing a elite player or flashes of elite play with Quentin Byfield. And where it gets fun for us as two people who like to talk contracts and roster management, this is a big long-term versus short-term deal, and it's actually going to be kind of interesting to see what happens here so byfield we've got a long term of seven years at about 8.3 his short term we've got three years at about 6.8 now i would say more of a nice 6.9 correct so i need glasses i think yes a nice 6.9 so Big thing here is, uh, as we would usually say for most of the top players, sign a long-term deal. Well, if you're the team, get the long-term deal done. If you're the player, a lot of times maybe sign the short-term. Might lead to a much more lucrative long-term deal. But that said, I think that decision is really going to decide how this offseason is going to go for the Kings. And a big part of that is because overall, 
projected cap space about 23.3 million per per cap friendly and while Quentin Byfield's like the headliner of the Kings free agent class as an RFA they've got a handful of others and there's a what I would say I think you would say a pretty significant UFA name Matt Roy we've got a projection of 4 years at about 5.6 million really I, I think he's someone who is somewhat underrated at least across the league as a, just a pretty solid all-around defenseman those are the kind of the two big names bigger contracts that the kings are going to kind of have to decide how they fit in or don't fit in and i think the next name on the list kind of is the push and pull with matt roy and that's jordan spence so he is a restricted free agent two years basically three million per year is, is our projection for him right now so both right shot defensemen one younger but a little less established a little a slightly less impact especially defensively and spence Roy, the more veteran player, really strong defensive impacts, and he's definitely not a slouch as far as offensive impacts yeah. go either. So it kind of depends on what direction the Kings want to go and how else they want to fill out their roster. So let, let's give quickly the projections for the other ones, and then we'll talk about kind of the glaring issue with the roster right now. So Arthur Kliev... Two years, 2.7, we'll call it, per season. Blake Lazat, two years, 2.4 per season. And Cam Talbot, one year, 1.9 million per season. So the issue is we have their $23 million in cap space basically spoken for with just these players. That doesn't include, again, Victor Arvidsson, who's not going to be super cheap so some tough decisions are going to have to be made and that only includes a projection for one goalie and that goalie is going to be 37 years old in cam talbot yeah and honestly cam talbot was off to a pretty decent start considering i think what a lot of people thought of that move in the first place obviously the big stretch of poor play hasn't gone so well for Talbot. But it, I would be fine with Talbot as kind of my backup, maybe a 1B type. But, yeah, like you said, all these contracts added up, and it's pretty much a break-even. There's not much space to work with, and it doesn't include Arvidsson. So pretty much if they want to run it back, they'll be able to. Now, where this gets interesting is, so you, you kind of mentioned the right shots, kind of how Roy and Spence could impact each other here. Just looking at the Kings, Drew Doughty, Matt Roy, Brant Clark, and Jordan Spence, in theory, one can go. And the easy answer would be, okay, Matt Roy's unrestricted. He's going to get a pretty decent deal. 
he might be the one to go. So then you'd have Dowdy, Clark, and Spence on the right side. That's not bad. Lacking kind of the strong defensive play that Matt Roy brings. But we take Matt Roy out of that calculation you just went through, and it, it frees up about $5.6 million. One of the more glaring needs on the roster, and this relates to what I kind of just said about Cam Talbot, is finding a true number one goalie. 5.6 could potentially do it. I think this conversation sort of has to involve another player in Kaliev, who it pretty much seems is going to be on his way out of Los Angeles. So that could be another about $2.7 million based off our projections that you can kind of take out of the calculation. Now the way I look at this is, let's say you make a trade for a, a really good goalie. Let's say Kaliev's part of that. It could be Kaliev and maybe Spence for a goalie and you might have room for that goalie and still have Matt Roy in that calculation he fits the roster too and then you'd have Dowdy Roy Clark maybe maybe Roy walks and you keep Spence and you have that 5.6 from Roy that helps fit the goalie and some other pieces so there's really a lot of options that they have to work with here. And another spot where they could kind of make up a little bit of chunk of change would be if they went short-term instead of long-term with Byfield, which I would really advise against doing so. But again, when you're right up against the cap, that could be something they do to gain not quite one and a half in cap space. So before before I, I kind of dive into Byfield, I kind of want to say an, an unadvisable move I would have for the Kings is not getting value for any of whoever you end up losing of Roy Spence and Kaliev because you have three good players. You Your issue is you have a log jam, maybe a little bit of a fit, like a team fit issue where Kaliev might be best might be a best idea for both parties to to find a new fit but he's not a bad player by any means and I think no. there will be there will be a trade market for him so the kind of the easy way to move on is not give him a qualifying offer in the summer so you basically don't retain the ability to sign him he's free to talk to any team he wants I would strongly advise against that. I would see if you can work, find a fit, and that's where it might make sense to package them with a Spence or someone else from the roster to to maybe get an upgrade somewhere, whether that's in goal, whether that's on or shuffling your defense around a little bit, retooling that, or even at forward. So Byfield is, I, I fully agree with you, it, you the Kings have to figure out a way to make it work long-term. 
because he should be your future 1C. The problem is, is you already paid another player like they're the, your future 1C, but isn't performing that way in Pierre-Luc Dubois or P.L. Dubois, I guess. I guess we're going with yeah. this season. Byfield, I think, might have raised some eyebrows in how close his long-term average annual value is to his short-term average annual value. I think you, you just have to look at the recent contracts, the or at least the comparable contracts. In short-term, like one of the contracts, or two of the, I guess, probably best contracts, Elias Patterson and Matthew Kachuk, those are just massive money deals. And that's where Byfield's going to be shooting for. The long-term deals have some other really good players, but you're going to notice the value really is just better for for the team. Higher upside, but, I mean, the, the trade-off is Byfield gets his value. So let's, let's get into qu- some quick math here. So you kind of have to look at what the value of RFA years and UFA years, so restricted free agent years is and unrestricted free agent year, years is. So for Byfield, we're saying $6.9 million for restricted years. So he's got four of those left. So if each of those years was valued at six point nine, that would take him right to unrestricted free agency. He's then we're then buying basically three future unrestricted free agent years. So I think kind of how our mass working out here is we're placing his unrestricted free agent value at about eleven point two million. So if we were to take that eleven point two and subtract from the eight, we're kind of left with four million that needs to be spread across other years. 1.4 million per year difference between the 8.3 to 6.8 so that kind of gets us to that that value so i think we're valuing his unrestricted years about 11 million dollars which i think is very much in line with what a top center wing flexible player would get in today's market think i think one of the top comparable players we have for his long-term contract is leon dreisaitl who if Byfield's Leon Dreisaitl, I think everyone's happy. And I don't think that that's an outrageous comp. I mean, he doesn't have the production yet. But Dreisaitl's been a center slash wing. And his next contract's easily going to be 12 to 13 plus million dollars. So valuing Byfield, I think where we kind of have him makes a lot of sense here. It's just the strength of the comps, the strength of the player keeps this deal on both sides really really high but again LA has to find a way to make the long-term deal work yeah and I think he's really become a solid all-around player he's playing on the wing a lot but he's also playing with Kopitar a lot Um, so that kind of makes sense it almost kind of fits the dry sidle comparison a little bit of you're a good center but you might be playing on the wing at times so, yeah, I, I think I'm very comfortable with where those projections are. Um, as far as how it relates to the team, you, you got to find a way to go long-term there. It's it's not a huge difference. 
as far as the cap hit and you're you're buying four more years and i think kind of the way this shakes out i think it's very doable you get that long-term deal done and where the give is is probably on defense somewhere whether it's roy or you move on from a, a spence through trade i guess i i would kind of like to give an idea here i think it would make a lot of sense for both teams i think there could be some sort of deal to be had between the kings and the predators you say saros's name has come up a little bit in the past couple of weeks and their situation in Nashville is they've got Saros, a very good goaltender, but you've also got one of the top goalie prospects in Askarov who's come up a little bit, played well. I think Nashville should turn Saros into some assets. I think the Kings have some assets. I would try and do something along the lines of you keep Byfield, you re-sign Matt Roy, and then maybe you can package a Jordan Spence and an Arthur Kaliev together, who put together would be about $5.5 million. Based off of our projections, their contracts they will eventually sign. If you package them together, maybe there's a couple picks that need to be thrown in there too. You would get Saros at a $5 million AAV, and that would fit. I think another goalie name that the exact same logic applies to Linus Allmark as well from yes. Boston. I think that 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 makes a ton of sense. It, it helps Boston's depth, especially if they have to if they have to move on from DeBrusque or DeBrusque decides to leave in free agency. Kaliev would be a nice kind of fit yes. to replace DeBrusque. And then also improve your depth on the back end while still having Jeremy Swayman available. So that either of those options I think make sense for both teams involved like those would be good hockey trades yeah maybe there's some picks or some other smaller prospect but as far as centerpieces and starting points for this deal for one of those deals this makes a lot of sense and since we're throwing out fun fits I don't know if the if it makes a ton of sense in season especially with Matt Roy being an unrestricted free agent but to me, I wonder if so the Kings could use a cost controlled forward. The Buffalo Sabres need a right shot defenseman to pair with Owen Power on their second pair. They also have a surplus of cost controlled young forwards that someone could easily come into the Kings and fill that need for three years on entry level contract. I don't think that's happening if the Sabres especially are far out of the playoffs. I don't think they're buying a rental player. If there's a long-term deal in place, maybe we can have that conversation. But maybe the same could be said for Jordan Spence, but I don't know if he's the same type of fit for the Sabres. But there could be something there depending on how how things shape out and maybe if a contract's in place. Yeah, so I I think that's definitely something where – they would have to have an extension done with Roy to have that make sense. That said, I think the fit is great. I think the the trade matchup between the two teams is great. 
and I, I I will say Roy of the defensemen I think would be the clear better fit for Buffalo with the stronger defensive impacts. Spence is on his way to being good, but we've seen a little more offensive ability, better offensive impacts than defensive from him. So I, I like that idea a lot. And the one thing I will say is it's probably not likely, but both teams are kind of in a spot right now where in theory they could use a shakeup. That could potentially be it. Now, does Matt Roy want to sign an extension right now with the Buffalo Sabres? I don't know because of how that situation's gone. But it's it's an idea. It's an idea that makes sense. The fit would be there. Since you threw that idea out there, I think it would make some sense. Maybe we just do it with Matt Roy. I don't think Lazat and Talbot are really big enough UFA names, but... Matt Roy is going to be part of actually a pretty solid UFA defenseman class, but he should very much be getting a look as someone who most likely settles in as like a very good second pair guy for a team. And we've got him in kind of that cap hit range at about 5.6. It's about what you would expect for a good second pair any fits out there with other teams so one i think that has been in the rumor mill for this type of defenseman is the ottawa senators with chris tanov i think i mean i don't know if we've explicitly said it this episode but matt roy's in that same mold but probably better so ottawa could make a lot of sense for matt roy i feel like they have their eyes set on Tana for intangible reasons that yeah. maybe they don't perceive Matt Roy to have, but I think that that would be a tremendous fit there. Um, we've talked in the past on the f- depending on how the Florida Panthers kind of blue line shakes up. If someone leaves, he could go in there. Same with the Carolina Hurricanes. If someone or some players leave from that blue line, could fit in. Montreal Canadiens could use a solid, steady veteran presence. The Leafs could certainly use a solid, steady veteran presence. Whether cap-wise that's going to work out, I don't know. I mean, I I think there's a lot of teams that really could use him. He's kind of, again, he's a very under-the-radar type defenseman, but he's been just steady for years now. Yeah, I want to throw out one more team that I would like to see add some pieces, and I really think a defenseman like Roy on a four-year deal like we have projected would make a lot of sense. Follow Sean Dersey over to Arizona. Up-and-coming team who I think would really benefit from having someone who is as good defensively as Roy is. That's kind of a I don't know if I even want to call them a sneaky fit for players like Roy because I, I think they're on enough of the not playoffs yet but borderline playoff picture that they could be a decent landing spot for a lot of free agents. Then one more team I, I want to throw out, uh, kind of a contending team, the Dallas Stars uh, could really use a nice, a really good, steady um, 
veteran like like Matt Roy back there as well, especially with the kind of emergence recently of Thomas Harley. Matt Roy, Thomas Harley as your like second pair. I mean yeah. that that's tremendous. That's tremendous, and that would be a great fit for that organization. That's already a very strong overall a defensive team. Usually, I think that would be a great fit for them. And honestly, it's hard to poke holes with the stars, but if you're able to add someone like Matt Roy, you do it, and I, I think it would strengthen their defense quite a bit. So I, I really think the interesting question with the Kings is what direction they had as the trade deadline starts to approach and they've kind of been in a little bit of a downward spiral whether they make this move or not. But I think the important thing is they need to know where how these players potentially fit in. Probably the kind of elephant in the room is Victor Arvison. We don't have a projection. We don't have him including our in our projections but that doesn't mean he's not going to be in line for decent contracts, especially if he comes back and is solid for about half of the season, a little bit under half of the season. He's probably looking at at least a similar AV to what he's coming off of. I would, I would think if, if he comes back and is a similar Victor Arvidsson, that would be like a very pretty much the floor of what I would expect. He's coming off a little over $4 million, I think, and I would expect at least in the fives if he's healthy scoring goals. The other interesting thing to kind of watch here is we mentioned adding a goalie, and I think overall that would be very important for the Kings. And If, if I'm the Kings, it's number one on my list. But if you trade Kaliev you bring in other players, you make other moves, and you can't keep an Arvidsson, all of a sudden the depth on the wing is not where it was, and now that's a hole. So they can make this work, I think, and have a very solid team, but they do need to be a little bit careful where maybe they try and shore up one hole and it ends up creating another one. I think it really all comes back to almost where I started this episode. So here we go full circle as we kind of get to the end here. If they hadn't made that P.L. Dubois trade, a lot of the things that you had just laid out as their issues would not be issues right now. They'd have more cap space. They not they could move a winger because they'd still have plenty of depth there or I guess lose two wingers and still have enough depth there, and they easily have the cap space to sign a goalie, and by the way, Byfield would just be pen, would be playing center instead of probably wing right now, and that probably is okay as well. So the Kings, one bad move, I, I, I wouldn't say it's bad, but one maybe lackluster move. It's starting to be questioned a little bit, especially with this poor stretch they've had so maybe not bad but yeah it's questionable right now questionable lackluster yep. and that could be the kind of move that takes them from like hot rebuild into con cup contender team into oh we pushed this the gas down a little bit too hard and we got caught doing it and kind of are facing the consequences of that so 
it's kind of kind of a LA Kings little look. Got some tough decisions to make. They have, in theory, enough space to make most of it work, but that's not necessarily going to improve their roster, and that's where the tough decisions are going to have to be made. So we appreciate you uh, giving us a listen. Appreciate you checking out the full contract projections at AFP Analytics on Twitter, subscribing to this podcast, Max Term Podcast, available on pretty much every single major platform you might listen to a podcast on. And uh, with that, we'll talk to you next time.